So, <clears throat> nearly 22 years ago, Buster Rhymes dropped extinction-level event, the final world front. This project carried on a lot of the end-of-the-world themes that were from his previous projects, uh, When Disaster Strikes and The Coming. Now, you may be wondering why I'm talking to you about an album that came out 22 years ago on December 15th, 1998, but others of you may be aware that he dropped the follow-up Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God, this past Friday, October 30th, 2020. So it's only right to consider the original. Welcome to the Bar for Bar podcast and welcome to the Extinction Level Event. So, the reason that we're going through this is it's a follow-up, or the original, to the follow-up, which I'm going to be talking about later on this week. Now, it's important to consider the original because there are a lot of things that may only exist in the original, um, such as the idea of the world ending in the year 2000. But there's also other things to talk about, like... Sure, the year or the year 2000 may have been the end of days or the thing that everyone's worried about, but Buster Rhymes also talks about other things in this project that aren't necessarily literal extinction world or extinction level events. They are a little bit more personal, you could say, but I'll get into that in a little bit. Now, it's like I was saying, it is good to have an idea of what the original was all about especially considering this is a follow-up and considering that extinction level event the original was so well received when it came out hell i think it was nominated for grammys and it just sold really well i think it went platinum which isn't a thing that happens at all anymore <laughs> so it's impressive to say the least so when you have that in mind you want to look at what was done and what it accomplished and then i mean obviously you're gonna have to compare it to the new one like that's just going to happen <laughs> now an extinction level event if uh you need a little bit of clarification is an event that basically brings on the end of days and the end of life on earth as we know it so it's most notable when there's a a sudden shift in the genetic makeup of organisms. I think the last time we really saw that sort of shift was when, with dinosaurs. I'm not entirely sure because I'm not a science boy anymore. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's essentially what an extinction level event is. So, like I said, this project came out in uh, December of 98. So, kind of an interesting time. So right around then, I mean, obviously everyone's always concerned about the world ending, but this was close enough to the year 2000 where people were concerned. So the biggest concern is that, yo, what's going to happen to all the technology? Because that was the biggest issue. They're like, what's going to happen when the clock hits midnight and all of our tech just isn't working anymore? So I think even there was a lot of devices that had to be updated like, and had to basically be patched to support the uh, year 2000 and beyond. 
I think I want to say like Microsoft had a big deal about it too. Like they had to be like, oh shit, we gotta do something. <laughs> I mean, year two thousand for me was weird because I was like, I was in first grade, so I don't really remember much. I just remember it being like, why is everyone tripping out? <laughs> but it does make sense because it's super uncertain, and apparently, the year two thousand has importance in religion. Uh, at least according to Buster Rhymes, he had an interview, I think it was literally the day after the, um, the album released. And he was like, or the person asking or talking to him was like, yo, so like you bring up all these uh, world ending things in the year 2000, to which he responds like, yeah, like this is in the Bibles, in the Quran, like there's something big that's going to happen or supposedly, uh, I don't think anything really happened in the year 2000 other than everyone tripping out and new millennium and stuff but you know like he had other sources to kind of like back him up um i don't remember reading anything about the year 2000 specifically when i read either of those religious texts but sure i might have missed it anyways the project itself starts off with an intro. Um, I think it's titled, There's Only One Year Left. Uh, let me double check that real quick. Yeah, There's Only One Year Left. And it starts off pretty innocent. Um, and, you know, it's just a conversation between a father and his daughter. And the daughter's asking, What's going to happen in the year 2000? And the father's like, Well, I hope it's all peaches and cream. But then he's like, nah, it's all this other stuff. And it gets super ominous. It's like, he just starts lifting off all these wild events that may happen. Um, and he paints this picture of just utter destruction, which is all due to boundless greed and corruption. Which is a legitimate concern because, I mean, even now, like, that is a valid option for <laughs> the end of days. Like, it's very likely to happen because of greed and corruption. I mean, just look at this year. <laughs> but also, like, he pulls... So the, the, the father in this conversation pulls evidence for this, um, which would include events such as global warming and the robot revolution that everyone's been kind of worried about since, like, the 50s, I believe, like when futurism was a thing and everyone's like, oh, we're going to have robots and they're going to do all these things for us. But oh my God, they might kill us too. <laughs> but yeah, like you have that. But um, also just the total annihilation of the world via nuclear holocaust, which is also like all these things are very valid concerns even now. Like the world is probably going to end people, obviously because of the corruption and all the greed. But all these events are basically spawned out of the corruption and greed. Like, people don't be caring about global warming if they're making money. You know? Shit like that. And then he also just kind of lightly touches on the whole Y2K thing where that's going to be like the end of days and stuff, but it's not super evident there because I think even Buster Rhymes at the time was just like, I don't, I don't really know what's, what the end of days is about. Like everyone's just very confused and I don't blame him. But yeah, it's very interesting to think about and listen to the original intro here. And well, one compared to the new one, because it's 
very similar, I would say, like in terms of sounds and everything. But with this one, it's interesting to look back and think about these were legitimate concerns that at that time were very, you know, like that was on a lot of people's minds. But now we have very similar concerns going into, or well, going through 2020, because this year has been a whole damn mess. Like, there's been a lot of times in history, I guess you could say, where people were like, oh, this is the end of the world. Like, whether it be the year 2000 or 2012 when they thought, when the Mayan calendar ended, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, now, <laughs> like, we have other events like this year where we just like didn't even expect any of this to happen. Like, no one expected like a whole pandemic to just shut down everyone. <laughs> no one expected, uh, never mind, I was going to say something about the president, but that's not appropriate right now. <laughs> Anyways, taking a look at the rest of the album, um, the apocalyptic themes do persist, but they're pretty subtle, I would say. Like, you do have to pay a bit of attention. Like, there's a subtle nod to Y2K on the track, Everybody Rise, with they ain't gonna be me, they gotta get it before the year 2G, which, straight up, like, I gotta get what I gotta get before the year 2000, because, like I said, he doesn't know what was gonna happen in the year 2000, who knows? He could have de- been dead before then, or everyone could be dead before then, so you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and then there was also a, I guess, a foreshadowing of sorts with the crew cut Against All Odds. Um, this track had... All of Flip Squad, um, or Flip Mode Squad, my bad. Um, so we had Baby Sham, Rampage, Rod Digga, and Lord Have Mercy, Spliff Star, and obviously Bust Rhymes. And then on, so the lyric, I guess, where he mentions this foreshadowing is None of y'all dudes ever want, really want a war. The type of dude to crash my plane in your building in the name of Allah. Which really feels like a foreshadowing of what happened on 9-11. Now, (laughs) I was also reading another interview with Buster Rhymes more recently regarding Extinction Level Event 2, and the interviewer was like, yo, you you kind of predicted a lot of things happening. Like, it's kind of weird, bro. (laughs) And, I mean, even Bus was just like, I... He he didn't didn't know. (laughs) Like, it's just crazy that these events, like, like, major events, you know, like, are happening kind of when Buster Rhymes is talking about them. Like, I mean, talking about the new album for a minute, like, he's like, oh, well, the album starts off with, what's gonna happen in the year 2021? And he's just kind of like, shit, I don't fucking know. Because <laughs> if we all, if we already went through all this stuff this year, like, are we really gonna have a worse year? So, like, it, it's interesting to think about. Um, anyways, yeah. That lyric just straight up felt like a foreshadowing of 9-11, which is crazy because no one, no one saw that coming. And it's very direct. Anyways, um, there's another thing that I want to bring up regarding the album itself. Now, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but... You can think of it as an extinction level event in terms of just like natural disaster or 
the end of days caused by man. But I think what he's really going for with naming it extinction level event is <clears throat> basically saying that he is the extinction level event because this album has a lot of braggadocious lines and i mean it's i mean that's something that we see throughout the pro like hip-hop in general but now it's pretty i mean it's, it's through the whole album like rather than just a particular song or just like a one-off bar like it's interesting because going back to the extinction level event thing like at the time i don't think anyone could really keep up with Buster Rhymes. Um, sure, we got, like, the aggressive rap from DMX and Mystical, but we didn't really get this sort of rap style and, like, song structure from anyone else, at least in my memory. Like, <clears throat> Buster Rhymes, like, on the first two tracks, like, outside from the intro, we got, what was it, um... Everybody Rise, and I forgot the second and song after that, but those two tracks are just Buster Rhymes having one long-ass verse. Like, that's not normal. <laughs> Most people would do, like, a two or three verse track with choruses in between, but Buster Rhymes like, nah, I'm gonna just do a straight, straight verse, and then the chorus at the beginning and at the end. And it works. And it's, it's always good to see people do that, because they're kind of breaking the mold. Like, um, when I had East Shore Highway on, like, they were like, yo, we just broke all the rules. Like, you don't have to stick to one particular style. Like, you can just go in and do whatever. Like, sure, there's the norm, but that doesn't mean you have to follow it. Like, you can do really whatever you want with music. Like, you're not locked into anything in particular. Um, but regardless, this, like, Buster Rhymes had his own style that really no one could properly match, I feel. Like, he had, obviously, the aggressive style, which, like I mentioned, DMX and Mystical kind of can match at times. <clears throat> but he also had the fast rap style, which was really only done by Bone Thugs and Twista at the time, I believe. I mean, that's getting more popular now, but at the time, it was pretty rare. Um, but he also was able to go between fast and slow rap pretty seamlessly, I would say. Like, and he wasn't one of those rappers that just goes super dummy fast, like, for an entire track. Like, he'll do it for a quick burst and then slow down. Like, it just works better, I feel. Because, um, obviously, a lot of times with fast rap, people just be saying things and it doesn't mean anything. Uh, I'm not saying that Bone Thugs and Twista didn't say anything. I'm just saying with some of the fast rap that we've gotten, it's just a bunch of gibberish. Like, there's no meaning, no substance, no rhythm. Anyways, Buster Rhymes is just really able to do that well. Like he's able to switch between the two styles pretty easily, and I think that's great. Um, moving on from there, though, <clears throat> there's just a few tracks that I want to bring up, um, just because like they're major tracks that you should kind of pay attention to. Uh, the first one is the title track, "Extinction Level Event," the song of salvation, and to me, the song sounds really melancholy and very fitting for this sort of album, I'd say. Um, but the sample is from Vanity Fair's Early in the Morning, which is just them going, la, 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 la. Like, it's, 
it's kind of creepy <laughs> not gonna lie but like it sets the mood for that sort of song really well and it makes it seem kind of like like that sort of uh the chorus bit makes it feel almost like a religious sort of song like or a hymn of sorts like and it's something that you should kind of pay attention to now obviously it's also titled song of salvation so it's kind of meant to be that sort of song and on this track it kind of reinforces my idea that this extinction level event is buster rhymes himself because he's talking about how how dopey is basically <laughs> like the braggadociousness is in full effect um let's see yeah i mean it's it's just one of those songs that's like it's a song of salvation so it's a i guess you could consider it a religious themed song but it's really meant to kind of bring the listener peace when they're i guess dealing with these extinction level events um another song i want to bring up is give me some more which was also just one of the first singles for the album um the reason I want to bring this one up is because it samples the theme to the film Psycho, which, I mean, now, it, I mean, I've heard it pretty frequently um, beyond this, but it's important here because it makes it feel more creepy and scary and spooky feeling. Like, it makes it more fitting for this sort of album. Um, and it just, you know, continues on the themes, or it does a good job of continuing on these themes from earlier on in the project. Um, and it's also one of the first, or one of the tracks where Bus really brings out his fast traps and does it well. Um, another one of the singles for this album was Give Me Some More, um, which, I mean, it's, no, I just said Give Me Some More. Sorry. Um, sorry. Another one of the singles for this project was What's It Gonna Be, uh, which featured Janet Jackson. And I really only want to bring this one up because it's one of those in, like late 90s, early 2000s sort of the tracks with a rapper and a singer that, you know, just works well. Kind of like uh, the whole Ja Rule and Ashanti uh, thing. Like, it's just fun. Like, I like it. Um, it's also just nice because we got a couple of those tracks on the new project, Extinction Level Event 2. So it, you know, just, just kind of brought me back, back to the, back to the old days when, uh, we got more rappers and singers together. And I don't know, it just has that 90s feel. Um, I also, <laughs> I also want to just mention that the music video is super 90s. Like, this was done back when CGI wasn't amazing, at least compared to today's standards, but it was amazing at that time. But honestly, looking back now, it looks hella goofy. <laughs> but I mean, still, it's it's a fun video to go back and look at. You're like, oh yeah, this is this is what was going on back then. Now, with all of that in mind, like the couple of songs, what this album is about, what it's really supposed to what it what I feel is going for, like being Buster Rhymes being the extinction level event. Does it hold up? Uh kinda. Now I only say kinda because well, I mean it's a product of the nineties. So 
it feels a little dated and i mean that's not a big deal like when i went back to re-listen to it like i i knew fully like what to expect and even when i listened to it originally like i knew it came out in the 90s i wasn't expecting it to sound super crisp and clean like we got nowadays um even a few years ago like you know it's a different sound but i mean you know you you really shouldn't be going into this album expecting it to be crisp and clean because it came out in 98 like come on now <laughs> um however like i mean well before i get into that like the i mean yeah it's super 90s like the beats are very 90s the mixing is pretty 90s like when you compare the levels of this album to the new one like you gotta turn the volume up a little bit more um but also, it kind of sounds like you know when you listen to Thirty Six Chambers and it sounds kind of like grimy and there's like some like static and stuff. It's kind of like that. It sounds like you're listening to it off of a tape almost, which again isn't a bad thing. It's it makes the album work well. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of younger listeners would uh, be a little turned off because of the sound anyways though the points at which i feel like it does hold up really well is just kind of like the concept and the idea of the project so yeah theming it off of the extinction level event like the end of days it one it was very fitting at that time but it's also very appropriate now which makes sense for him to because he released the you know, the, the next one, <laughs> right around this time where we don't know what's happening anymore. And a lot of the things that are or were a concern back then are still a concern now. I mean, if you look at the album cover for the original Extinction Level event, it is Wall Street on fire. And again, that kind of goes into the corruption and greed aspect of the end of days, which is even more evident today. I mean, we are in a pandemic and <laughs> somehow the economy is still doing great or better than it should be. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. So it's appropriate for him to have released a follow-up to this sort of album. Um, now, if we're looking at how well this holds up in terms of nowadays, again it you know it does a great job like it it really set the mood for the album um but it also really just kind of brought up a lot of things that people were concerned about at the time if we take a step back from the whole event aspect of it like these major events that are causing extinction we see it's more of a buster rhymes being the extinction level event sort of thing like he is bringing extinction to the rap game at that time like no one can touch him like he is just one of those guys that's like he, he's up there like he wasn't able to be really met <laughs> like i'm sure there were a few rappers that could definitely meet or beat him but like you know when you when you're a rapper you're not gonna say that you're gonna say i'm the best obviously <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we got a lot of braggadociousness, and those, basically he just turned all those thoughts up to 11. Like, 
He's like, yeah, I'm the dopest. Like, I am that dude. Like, it's, and like I said earlier, this idea isn't new. Like, it's been in hip-hop since the beginning. Like, everyone, even in the early days of hip-hop, was like, just talking about themselves and how cool they are and how much better they are than the other dude. So, this is not a new thing at all. And it's not even an old thing, because people are still doing it. It's not going to be the same level as what Buster Rhymes did here, where it's like every track is saying, yo, I'm the greatest. Or, well, nearly every track. But it is still a common theme. Anyways, comparing this to Extinction Level Event 2 is going to be interesting. But we'll get more into that with the review, which will be coming later this week. Anyways... Let me know what y'all thought about Extinction Level Event. If you listened to it when it actually came out, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on it were at the time. Because, obviously, I didn't listen to it when it came out. I was only five. Five-year-olds don't listen to Busta Rhymes. <laughs> at least, not five-year-olds that I'm aware of. Um, so yeah, let me know what was really going on back then. Because I'm just going based off of what I remember and what I could find uh, from very light research. Not going to lie. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Also, let me know what you think if, like, as far as like this album holding up today. Because <clears throat> I think it does in some ways. But obviously, the sound is one of the things where it's just kind of like, ooh, okay. Gotta get through that. I mean, I like I said, I don't care. But for other listeners, like, it's gonna be a a thing to note um but yeah that's pretty much all i got let me know what y'all thought what you thought of the album what you think of the album when it came out and uh like and subscribe if you want to see more stuff like this thank you for watching and please stay safe out there